Welcome back to another episode of the Pressing Forward Podcast. It's a pleasure having you here. Um, on today's episode, we have um, Letitia Wiggins, a uh, mental health counselor. And uh, today's topic, ooh, quite an interesting one. I think uh, one that many people uh, struggle with, I would say, uh, whether it's romantically, whether it's uh, friendship, and that is setting boundaries. Um, so that'll be today's topic, setting effective boundaries, and uh, for today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Pressing Forward Podcast. Um, on today's episode, uh, we have a special guest and an interesting topic. I think one that uh, affects many people, I think just in relationships, whether it's friendships, relationships, and uh, that is setting boundaries. Um, and on today's today's guest is Tisha, Tisha Letitia Wiggins. Um, and I'm going to allow you to, you know, give a quick synopsis on who you are, let the people know who you are, credentials, background, all of that stuff. All right. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Letitia Wiggins at Tisha Talk on Instagram. I'm a mental health counselor, substance use counselor, and executive director of a mental health agency. Um, I work mostly with BIPOC clients um, with childhood trauma. And I do a lot of work with boundary setting and emotional communication. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you guys heard it. You guys heard it. Um, <laughs> she's done the works. And uh, um, so today's topic, let's dive into that. Um, so what does setting boundaries actually mean? What, is, what does that mean? It's your stipulations you have for yourself to keep yourself safe. Essentially, it's how you communicate what helps you be well. So um, depending on the culture you're from, some people might even say it's difficult because it's looked at as being rude or um, having rules or putting up barriers. Um, however, um, boundaries are not barriers. So let's just say that um, they should not look like barriers or feel like barriers. It should look like something you do to maintain your peace. And I think that's interesting, too, because I think one of the things you just mentioned is depending on your culture, it might come off as you being, you know, stuck off or, you know, having a certain way about yourself. Um, how do people actually go about setting boundaries? I would say pay attention to how you feel when you're in the presence of other people or when certain things happen. For example, um, some people have boundaries about the tone someone takes with them or um, how loud someone speaks or some, somebody being dishonest or untruthful. Um, and the first thing I ask is, why is that a boundary for you? And you have to be able to explain how that makes you feel. And essentially, how is that not good for your mental wellness? So that is a, a large part of setting boundaries is knowing yourself, first of all. And that can be tough. It sounds simple. But a lot of people uh, with the work I do, we struggle with um, emotional intelligence. So we have trouble understanding what we feel and communicating to other people what we feel. So that is a recipe for disaster because if I can't tell you how I feel and I can't tell you how the, what you do affects me, how can I set a boundary? So there's a lot of boundary crossing um, until we learn how to appropriately set boundaries. I think that's uh, important. One of the things you mentioned there was knowing yourself. Um, and I think that comes with a lot of introspective work, doing the work on your own to really understand yourself. Um, how much of, because uh, even just hearing that, how much of our upbringing and how much of our, um, I guess, culture, culturally upbringing, how does that play into like our triggers? 
It's the recipe. It's the foundation. Um, if you are able to look back honestly um, as an adult, um, because a lot of times as we developed, our perception changes. Right. So the way we see things as a child is going to be different than the way we see it as an adult, specifically over the age of 25, right? Because the frontal is not fully developed until after 25. So a lot of times what happens is when we become an adult, we see things in a different way. So we start to look at who was in the home. Um, how do we learn how to deal with conflict? Um, maybe as a child, we thought everything was perfect, but as we mature, we start to see different things that affect us. So it's very important to understand your culture, how your culture deals with different mental health issues and what was going on as you were developing, because that is, that is your recipe. And if you don't get that part right, you'll often fall into patterns and you might not understand why I keep doing these unhelpful things. I just wanna, you know, a lot of people say, I just wanna be happy. I just wanna do better. But essentially they haven't been able to look at how they came here. Like, how did you pick up these patterns? They don't, they don't just go, come from out of nowhere. So culture, childhood, and um, just basic, how your basic needs were met is gonna have a lot to do about how you see boundary setting and what you feel like you deserve. Yeah. I like that. And uh, so say I sit down with a therapist, um, where do I go from there? You know, um, in terms of I, I do the work in terms of knowing myself and now I want to implement, you know, boundaries in my relationships. I have a, a romantic relationships. How do I go about doing, doing so? Um, depending on what type of therapist you have, once you feel like you've reached the goal to where you are able to set boundaries, you go live and you learn your patterns. So first of all, when you're setting boundaries, you, you learn what are some unhelpful patterns that yeah. you might fall into that will that that you notice is affecting your mental wellness. C could I call those red flags? Is, is that yeah. a red flag? Yeah. Red flag. Red flag? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And let me add in there green flags too. We yeah. don't give green flags enough uh, props. Look at what makes you happy too. Look at think look at pay attention to when you feel good. Pay attention to that too but pay attention to the red flags. And once you say, okay, I know how to set boundaries. I looked at my childhood. I've looked at some of the areas that I need help in, go live, go live, but pay attention. Pay attention to those patterns you fall back into. Pay attention to when you don't feel good. Pay attention to the people who you are around. And now the good part is when you have to reinforce those boundaries. So it's easy to say, I set my boundaries y'all. I'm not dealing with anyone who lies to me. I'm not dealing with anyone who disrespects me. Great. So what happens when somebody does that? Mm. What happens is you've got to make sure you have those consequences to reinforce the boundaries. So what, what happens when someone crosses your boundaries? Right. That tends to be the hard part. And uh, that's important that you said that because I feel like most of the times when you set boundaries, somebody's going to come to, you know, step on those boundaries and, and you have to be able to, I guess, yeah. reinforce those boundaries um, in order for them to actually be turned boundaries. Yeah. Um, and how do I know if, like you said, one of the things you mentioned was having a trigger, but how do I know when a certain boundary is not being uh, respected? You'll, you won't feel well. <laughs> you're going to notice, especially like you said, if, if it's a trigger for you, you'll instantly feel it. Um, 
when we talk about emotional regulation, I do a lot of work with people um, in helping them understand what happens when you're triggered, how you feel in your body, not just your thoughts, but how do you feel in your body? Are you tensing up? Are you feeling just not well? Are you stuck in your words? Are, are your feelings hurt? Are you upset? Um, you'll know when someone crosses your boundary, typically is when your body will react. Gotcha. So it's almost like a somatic feeling. You'll feel it essentially on the inside. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what about, what about, because I'm thinking about just off top, um, if you were to grow up in a household where you have, um, say, like uh, a manipulative parent or whatever the case may be, how do you go about that? Because I think that's usually a hard thing for people is like having a parent that, you know, is able to, in a way, manipulate, manipulate them and almost gaslight them for having that boundary. Mm-hmm. Where do they go with that? I would say generally, if you do the work to go back to see where the areas of need you have, whether it's having a manipulative parent, whether it's you were in a neglectful household, whether uh, whether you were abused, whether you had an emotional disconnect, whatever the need you had, you have to be clear on how not having that need has affected you, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you had an emotionally manipulative parent, which made you feel like you were never good enough. And you did the work, you went to therapy and you noticed that you have a pattern of people pleasing because your parent never made you feel like you were good enough. You fell into the pattern of trying to please and making all of these decisions that have affected your life. When you set boundaries, you want to make sure that it's fulfilling that need you have so you can prevent those decisions. You know, you want to break that pattern. So a large part of that is understanding what the need is. Mm. Not getting stuck in, oh my gosh, I keep up. Yes, my parent was manipulative and this is just the way I am. Mm -hmm. No, don't get stuck there. Understand you have a need that needs to be met in order to break this pattern and you can get better. But when you're triggered, instead of falling into that pattern, understand why you're setting that boundary. So maybe you've decided you won't try to save everyone. So if someone wants to borrow money, instead of just saying, yeah, you'll give yourself a day to think about it because you don't want to fall into that pattern of pleasing people and trying to save people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ongoing and it's it's not a fix. I, I really want people to understand maintaining mental wellness and mental health is maintenance. It's management. And everyone should be doing something to manage. So these boundary settings and, and breaking patterns, it requires work. Mm-hmm. So understanding, first of all, it's understanding the need and then yeah. understanding the work that has to be done. Um, right. how, much, how much of that on a personal level um, is on the person to not only, you know, shape the people that they surround themselves with, um, how do you feel like that plays into it, the people that you surround yourself with in terms of like keeping those boundaries? I would say your boundaries, your boundaries are yours. They're all yours. It's a one party. It's a one man party when you're setting the boundaries and reinforcing them. Now, the people around you in an ideal world should respect those boundaries. Right. But remember, we're all a work in progress. So, again, like you said before, someone might try you or someone might misinterpret. They might misinterpret what your boundary is. Things happen. Right. So your boundaries are your responsibility. So you wouldn't necessarily shape the people around you. You make a statement and you model for them how to treat you. Now, 
they might try to cross, then you reinforce your boundaries. You might have to say it two or three times uh, and you might have to figure out what the consequences are. But at the end of the day, your boundaries are yours. You set them, you maintain them. You might change them up over time as you live life and that is your choice, but it is all your responsibility. I think that's so important too, just listening because um, one of the things I've noticed is like the attitude and the the way you go about um, carrying yourself is, the, is how people are going to, you know, react to you. So mm-hmm. essentially, like you said, you got to be the one to, to set the tone for how you want to be spoken to, how you want to be dealt with, things like that. Um, and so if I was entering, say, like a new relationship, is boundaries something I should enforce right away or should I, you know, let the flow go with the flow, as they as they like to say? I really like this question. And I would say, I will hope we will get to a place where we all have boundaries coming into a relationship, meaning boundaries are for every relationship and interaction you have, right? So when you come into a relationship, I will hope you're having those conversations. You should already have an idea of what you like and what you don't like in regards just generally, right? And then as you progress in a relationship, you might set new boundaries because experience changes us, right? So I would say it's a little bit of both. It's when you get to know someone, you really want to get to know them and how they solve problems and um, what do they think love is and what is their idea of a good relationship. All of those, you already have the boundaries, whether you know how to communicate them or not. So it should be that. You should be coming in with some type of knowledge. Yeah, some type of knowledge of what you like and what you don't like. If you don't, my, got some work to do, yeah. You got some work. If you can't, yeah. if you don't have to know everything, mm-hmm. but you should know generally, you should have some likes and dislikes. And then as you progress in a relationship, of course, boundaries change, things happen, situations change, but you should come in with some. So you should obviously have done the work, I guess, beforehand, or at least even when you enter the relationship, doing the work at some point. Um, yeah. And would you say it's a, a shared responsibility between both parties? Because I think at times when people get into relationships, it's easy to point a finger and be like, oh, my partner is this or my partner is that. Right. And forget <laughs> that, you know, this work that you got to do on your own. And um, so I think that's important. That's one of the things that you just spoke about. Um, now, what does setting the right um, boundaries allow us to actually do? How does that allow us to function better? How, how, how do you see that play into um, our overall well-being? Oh, it contributes, it contributes to self-worth, how you make decisions, um, what you feel like you deserve. It contributes to just your overall health. Because when you feel heard and seen and you feel like you have the ability to make yourself safe, overall, your overall wellness is going to be better. Um, the thing about boundaries, boundaries is, remember, it's about you making yourself feel safe. And you communicating with people what you, you know, what you desire, what your needs are, how you are, how you maintain your wellness. If you're always maintaining your wellness, your overall functioning is going to be better. And that's why I say everyone is responsible for their own boundaries. Now, when you're in relationships, whether it be sibling, parental friendships, this is where communication and emotional intelligence come in. 
be able to share with people. Don't just set your boundaries and and, and let, don't let people know what they are mm-hmm. until they cross them, right? right, right. <laughs> don't don't say, oh, I set my boundaries in my head. And as soon as someone crosses them, uh, we have to get into the habit of communicating with each other. We, we all, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, we're yeah. getting there, but, but we have to openly communicate with each other and get to know each other on a deeper level. Like, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? Are you okay with this? Are you not okay with this? And get to know each other. And um, hopefully, you know, you won't have that problem of crossing boundaries. So everyone is responsible for their own boundaries. Um, and we are responsible for communicating them with the people around us. So I think the important word that you said there was communication. I think yeah. people often lack communication. They struggle with communication or it just doesn't come naturally for them. Um, and in the work that you've done with people, what do you find that people struggle with the most when they're setting those boundaries? People um, being upset, people, if people are going to get mad at them, mm-hmm. that is the, oh, sorry. Oh, can you hear me? Can yeah, you hear me? Yeah, you good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, people being upset with them. That is the number one uh, issue or concern. I don't want to make people mad. And um, that could be a lot of things. But typically, when we are concerned about being seen as rude or making people mad, it's a deeper issue. It's about how you see yourself and how, why you don't feel worthy of putting out what you need um typically that's what it is yeah okay so is would you say that's more of a self-esteem thing it could be self-esteem it could be a childhood experience um it could be our perception because remember culturally some of our cultures say you be quiet Mm, you do not say what you want and need you just take what you can get so if i've been told that for 20 years, I don't just wake up on the 21st year and say, I would like, you know, assertiveness is a skill. So a lot of times culturally it's embedded in us. So we might want to speak up. We might want people to treat us better. We might want to make requests, but culturally we've been conditioned to, you know, think something different. So if that's the case, you have to work at it. You have to First of all, understand your culture. Understand what parts are cool for you, what parts are not. Um, understand that maybe being assertive is going to be different. Now that, now that you're, you, you have something that's different that you've learned, it might cause some issues. We go through all of that. Um, but typically, it's people not wanting other people to be mad at them. So we do a lot of, we do some self-esteem work, but we do a lot of perception work. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean for you? And what do you think that means for the other person? So I would say for the for the people that have a hard time, um, I guess, dealing with people's perceptions of what their um, what their boundaries are or how they feel about their boundaries. Um, how do you work them through that? Like, how do you work them through just saying, you know, don't be just know when you're setting these boundaries, like. You know, people might feel a certain type of way. How do you how do you prep them mentally for to dealing with those type of type of things? We talked a lot about what that means for them or what they think that means for other people. And uh, when I work with clients, there's always an action item. There's always homework. I call it action item so I don't scare people. But it's homework. 
So, so whatever they're working on, they're gonna put it to they're gonna put it into action. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if we're working on saying no, your action item is going to be this week. Let's see how this works and what are your expectations? What do you think is gonna happen when you say no to mom? And they might say, oh, my mama gonna go off. And we say, okay, let's breathe through it. Yeah. Let's try it, right? And you put it in action. We just don't keep it in therapy because remember, you're in therapy 45 minutes a week or 45 minutes every two weeks. I'm more concerned about how you put it into action right. in the world. And what happens is they practice and they might say, oh, I set my boundaries three times this month. And guess what? Nothing happened. <laughs> Nobody, I wasn't disowned. I feel great. <laughs> I was scared. Or they might say, yeah, I got a little pushback from my sister, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Or sometimes they say, yeah, it went over like I thought it would. However, I'm glad I was able to do that because I feel good. And, you know, I, I feel like it, it helped me. And I'm to the point where I would rather be mentally well versus not. So, so I think put it into action. Right, right. Putting it into action is the most important. Like, if, like I always right. think about it in this way, like, faith without works is dead. So, like, I think right. it's like, you don't put that thing to work, then there's no point of being in counseling for 45 minutes, whatever the case may be. So, um, I think that's that's important because a lot of people, they do struggle with whatever perceptions, whatever voice, whatever they think other people are going to say about them. And I think at the end of the day, you have to put yourself first you have to put your own protecting your own energy at the forefront of trying to please everybody um and uh, i do want to point out it's very scary and it's not easy but you definitely have to do that yeah yeah um and i this is more of a personal question i just wanted to ask like um what do you find to be the the most gratifying aspect of the work that you that you get to do and how you get to serve god's people my answer used to be i get to help people (laughs) now my answer for the last two years since i worked through the entire pandemic is being able to self to accept that i'm imperfect like not being just understanding that everyone is dealing with something yeah like not putting so much pressure on myself um every day i understand i'm more understanding and more patient And sometimes I scare myself because I'll just be in normal life, not working. And I really have more patience for people and more grace. I'm much more gracious um, because I understand I don't know what everyone is going through. So let me present present in a more gracious way versus in a more judgmental way. So I will 100% say that going through um, training as a therapist and as a mental health professional has made me a better person. Um, and I like to tell people, when you see people in this field, please assume we are flawed. Don't assume we have it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't assume we have, assume that we are just as flawed as you are. We just happen to put ourselves out there to try to, um, you know, help someone else. But please believe uh, in this, well, my training particularly, we had to do growth group. We had to do like group counseling and stuff like that. You learn more and more as you learn and more as you learn as you work you're the most imp- you're imperfect you're imperfect right so right. I, I really i really embrace my flaws more every day every day 
Well, that's a beautiful perspective. I think people are even more inspired by the way you um, deal with your imperfections as well. I think not trying to come off as like being this perfect individual or whatever. I think people gain more from that. Um, they can relate more to that too. It's more real. Right. Right. I, I have to. Um, I think every therapist goes through that stage where they either say, I'm not good enough. Who am I? Right. Who am I to help someone? And my family is not right. Or I feel like I need mental health um, support myself. But then as you mature through your program and you start to develop as a clinician, I think most of us have that aha moment where we say, oh, yeah, that makes me an even better therapist. I don't even have to carry that pressure. And if you are aware of the power dynamics in therapy, depending on what type of therapy you provide, I try to bring that into my sessions all the time, you know, without disclosing too much. I always want to try to level the power dynamics because I don't ever want the clients to think I'm there to fix their problems or I'm above their problems. Um, So, yeah, it it definitely helps. I, I don't pressure myself like I used to at all. I'm like, listen, I might not have the answer today, but I'm sitting in a space with somebody and I'm saving a life. So right. I'll take it. That was beautiful. I like that. I like <laughs> that. And um, <laughs> and if there was something that you could, because uh, usually how we wrap up the show is leaving the people with one piece of advice. Um, what would that be? What would that advice be for um, the people, the audience? Oh, I think I said this before. Um, first of all, you don't have to be strong. Yeah. I always tell people that if you coming from a place where you feel like you always have to be strong and being strong is, is a badge of honor. And when you have those moments of weaknesses, you might feel like, okay, so why am I not being strong? You don't have to be. Um, and secondly, mental health is something you manage. Um, I'm starting to hear a lot of people say this person has mental health or this person has, uh, I have mental health. Mental health is not something you have. We all have a mental health status. It's something we manage. Right. So if you are watching this, pay attention to when you feel good, not just when you don't feel well, yeah. because don't let mental health be a priority when something is going wrong. Incorporate it into your everyday life. Something as small as stretching or deep breathing or just uh, having a gratefulness journal, um, paying attention to your body, going to get a checkup, all of that. It's mental health because your health, mental health is health. So mm-hmm. don't look at it as something that you only pay attention to when you when it goes wrong. Manage it. Make sure it's ongoing because it's just like going to the gym. You have to you have to get in shape. Yeah. You have to manage your mental health. So when things do go wrong, because they will, life is full of changes. Don't don't disregard your mental and wait till something goes wrong and you're scrambling, build that muscle. So I would like to people to always remember that you manage your mental health. You don't fix it. Mm. You just manage it. Consistency. Consistency. Gotcha. Gotcha. And now uh, where can the people find you? What's your social media? Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Tisha Talk, T-I-E-S-H-A-T-A-L-K. Uh, you can visit my website at rise, B-H.com, R-I-S-E-B-H.com to find, I have a free workbook and all of that good stuff. If you want to work with me, you can find all of my information there. Gotcha. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, make sure you guys shoot her a follow, um, you know, 
whatever it is, the books that she has, purchase the books, whatever the case may be, anything that may help you. Um, she has the resources on her page. So be sure to check that out as well. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining me on today's show. Thank you. I appreciate you. Most definitely. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners for listening to uh, today's episode. Um, and as I always say, if you're more of a visual person, um, this episode is available on YouTube. Um, we're trying to grow the YouTube channel. So, uh, you know, do us that solid and and follow us and subscribe. And be sure to share this with a friend because I'm sure this can help, you know, a lot of people um, who might struggle with, you know, setting boundaries. So um, be sure to send this to somebody. And um, as always, have a blessed day.